You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. I'm the host of the Flip Maffler podcast. And as always, every Tuesday and sometimes even on Thursday, we actually have somebody come and do a takeover, which honestly gives me more time to do what I need to do in my life. But it also creates great content on the podcast. So this time, a good friend of mine, really, really a good friend of mine, Ted Wynn, he has a passion for the heroes in healthcare business. And we all know how the healthcare business has been impacted over the last years. And he, he started a podcast right in the middle of it. So Ted, tell us what this podcast series is all about that, and who do you interview in that? Sure. Well, thanks, Andrew, first. And second, thanks for having me here. Yeah, you know, our tagline is dedicated to highlighting bold, selfless professionals in the healthcare industry who are focusing on transforming lives in their communities. And we just thought with the COVID, COVID um, pandemic that we're all living through and still continuing to go through that these people and their stories just wasn't, wasn't being told or needed to be highlighted more. And so we just took it on as a, a bit of a passion project and said, let's start talking about these people and what they're doing. And uh, as a result, it's taken off. We have, uh, we are just finished episode 10. Ah, congrats. Thanks. And we have uh, last numbers I checked were about 1700 downloads. Already. That is awesome. So the podcast is called heroes of healthcare. Yep, and uh, yeah, and and uh, we are going to have links to your podcast here. So if people want to continue listening to it after even after the series is done, they can go check it out. We'll obviously write a blog and all those things. Share some of the people you're interviewing so we get a taste of it. Yeah. So yeah, and they can they can listen on the Heroes of Healthcare Podcast dot com website. So we have a whole website with the episodes posted there. Spotify, Apple, all the regular places as well. But yeah, we've been really fortunate. Um, we have uh, uh, Dr. Mark Knapp. He was a chief marketing, uh, excuse me, chief medical officer for Mount Sinai in New York City, who gave us a whole impact of how New York City responded to the pandemic and, and the stress on the people. We had the chief medical officer for Navant, massive healthcare system in the North Carolina and Southeastern market, talking all about vaccine safety of mRNA and the vaccine that's been coming out. And then we like to mix it up a little bit. We had an old-time friend of mine, Jack Curry, who is the voice of the New York Yankees, come on and talk all about baseball and how baseball was dealing with the COVID pandemic, but also how baseball was giving us some normalcy in our lives. Because one of the things we also want to focus on is not just the physicality of, of of the healthcare system, but also mental health. So we've also had the chief wellness officer from another major healthcare system talking about physician burnout, dealing with all the different clinicians and how are they dealing with the medical stress that they're under, under these uncertain times. So it's been very exciting and it's been, uh, we've had such a cross section of people. I think the listeners are going to find something in uh, great out of each one of them. Awesome, man. Ted, so, so everybody listening, you might be listening to the first episode you might be listening to the 10th takeover episode of this series. So just make sure you you look back and see if you have missed anything. But each one of them uh, is something that I feel, Ted, you being so passionate about it, 
is going to bring life to a lot of people as they hear it. So Ted, again, thanks for doing this. And everybody, enjoy the show. I'm joined today by Kristen Roberts. After competing as a Division I cheerleader at the University of Mississippi, Kristen went on to the Medical School of Georgia, where she graduated in 2008. Serving in critical care, she was accepted into the Hamad School of Anesthesia as the youngest in her class at age 24. After rigorous years of study, she graduated and credentialed as a CRNA, a certified registered nurse anesthesiologist, in 2012. As an anesthesia provider, Kristen has served the country from coast to coast. She has provided care in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Oregon, and of course, in her home state of Georgia. At the onset of COVID-19, Kristen and her husband, Michael, founded Bamboo as a way to unite the country in support of our heroes of healthcare. Completely self-funded, they have built this organization from the ground up. They've collaborated to create a movement nationwide as a reminder of appreciation to our providers during these trying times. We're very excited to have Kristen Roberts join us on the Heroes of Healthcare. Welcome, Kristen. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Kristen Roberts, now Miss Georgia American, here to represent all the wonderful nurses and frontline workers of this country. And I'm so excited to be on today and to speak with all of you. Well, that's great. Yeah. I want to talk more about the Mrs. Georgia part of it, but thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk more about it. Why don't you tell the listeners, I kind of gave a little bit of an intro before we kicked on here about your background, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more? How long have you been a CRNA and where are you currently practicing and a little bit about your passion of uh, healthcare? Yeah. So I've been a CRNA now for nine years. I actually put my first patient to sleep at 24 years old, which is crazy. But practicing independently, I've been a CRNA for nine years. I've practiced all over the country, up in Rhode Island, Oregon. I'm originally from Mississippi, as I stated before. And now I currently reside in North Georgia and practice at a GI facility where I currently reside about 20 minutes away from that facility and then have previously served the hospital right next to the GI center in OB in the past. So I had a passion for babies before this. So, but now that I have my own babies, that OB schedule was not very conducive to a mother's lifestyle with 24-hour shifts and mm-hmm. nights and weekends and holidays. Right. Um, so now I'm in a great job that gives me the opportunity to spend more time with them. Perfect. That sounds like the best of both worlds for you. So tell us a little bit about your organization, Bamboo. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. What was the spark of the idea? Okay, so back when the pandemic first hit, I found myself on my sofa crying nightly, trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do. And I have a son with severe asthma who's been hospitalized several times, including down at Children's in Atlanta. And But I felt called to go and serve on a nightly basis. I was just torn. I reached out to my family and I felt that my center at the time had shut down and I wanted to go and serve our country in in one of the hottest spots there was. So I figured if I'm going to do it, I'm going to jump in big and I'm going to really do what someone needs. And after hearing these nurses were taking on 12 patients at a time in the critical care units with former ICU experience, I knew that I was stressed out to the max if I had three patients. Mm-hmm. So I felt that, you know, this is something that I really wanted to do. And so a friend of mine and I jumped in and we said, hey, we're going to credential and we're going to go up there and we're going to serve. 
So we did. We fully credentialed and we're ready to go. But I found myself really having a lot of anxiety and uncertainty still with having committed to that. I couldn't sleep. I was restless and just uncertain, just kind of going into a war zone of a situation and not really knowing anyone that I was going to be beside and taking care of all these patients. So I kind of started to brainstorm and I thought, what is it that I want to do? You know, I'm, I'm putting myself out there, but I want to do something bigger. I want to make us feel united as providers and really give us strength and hope and We're all in this together. You know, we're sailing the same storm, but we're in different ships. And so after a lot of research, I wanted to find a symbol that symbolized strength, unity, optimism, encouragement, and resilience. And that symbol happened to be the plant, bamboo, which is really interesting because when I graduated from anesthesia school, one of the gifts that our program gave us was a plant of bamboo. And I, I never remembered that until I got into this whole process. And I was like, wow, that they actually gave us bamboo as a graduation present because of everything that it stood for. So I did some more brainstorming and thought, what could I do to have like a tangible something for these providers to really look down at and remember that they're remembered and they're thought for and prayed for and that we're all in this together and we're united. And so I came up with the idea of creating a bracelet with actually a piece of bamboo on it. So that's what I did. And then my wheels kept turning in my sleep. And I thought, you know what? I could come up with a way to spell bamboo that actually meant something special. And so I spelled it B-A-M-B-U, which stands for Bringing Awareness Through Medicine by Uniting. And so that's kind of how it got started. So we made hundreds of these bracelets as we planned to go up north to New Jersey. And I was going to pass them out to any and everybody to make us feel united. And then once they started to plateau, we never got called and my center actually opened back up. So I just put this out on social media. Hey, I have all these bracelets and I'm just going to donate them. And if anyone feels that a center or facility or a physician or a nurse or anyone wants one, just let me know. And I got bombarded. (laughs) And people really wanted, you know, wanted to come together mainly as a country, because this was going nationwide to try to help individuals or facilities feel supported. So then I knew that it it really meant something. So yeah, that's how we kind of got started. And we started in our living room, just making these bracelets. And we attach a little card to the bracelet. So the provider knows how bamboo got started and what the meaning is. And just to make them feel special and just united and resilient. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I love your spirit about you know, you weren't able to mobilize physically, but you still wanted to do something. Yeah. I told my husband, I said, you know, they're not calling me up there. The center's opening back up. I don't know what's going on. New Jersey was plateauing. And I said, you know, I'm still going to catch a flight. I want to go up there and give these to people and make them Mm. feel like they're cared for. And they're not alone was my main thing. I didn't want anyone to feel alone in this. So yeah, that's how it got started. So I understand that you and your husband, Michael, have bootstrapped this yourselves, right? There's no outside funding. This has been really all your your mission so far. 
Yes, this is our mission, you know, and that was a big discussion in the beginning because my center was shut down for a while. And financially, I'm a 1099 employee, so I was not receiving any income. But I told my husband, I said, you know, this is worth to me, like making someone feel important because I know how I feel. And I can't imagine how the people feel that have the 12 patients and that are putting their own lives at risk and their own families' lives at risk. And, you know, just the detrimental situation. I feel like we just need to do what we can and just do this. These people need something symbolically. And this is more important than our financial situation at the time. Yeah. You responded to the you responded to the calling thing. Yeah. Well, you responded to the calling. So tell me a little bit about the first kind of inquiry. So when you put it out on put it out on social media, how did you start to get the word out about this? And what was some of the responses? What were people saying? Were they saying, send me hundreds of these or I want five or how did you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) It kind of was like, I need two, then I need 10. Hey, can I get this facility a whole, you know, so it was like some people needed two and some people needed 200. So it was just from, but the crazy thing was, is that, and this is something that my brother told me is that when, you know, you have something special when you have someone from all over the nation reaching out for you and you know that that means something. And so that is what was so intriguing about it was that people really felt a need to feel supported. So that's that's what really hit home with me is that this actually went completely across the country. I mean, we were getting messages from California, from Arizona, from the Northwest and Oregon. I mean, and we on our website, it's really cool because my husband is a teacher and his kids, they formulated a map on the website and we're trying to paint that map bamboo green Um, because the bracelets are green. Right. Yep. I have Um, one right here. Yeah. So we're trying to paint that matte bamboo green and trying to just spread the word. But we've had just any and every type of facility. I mean, you name it, dentistry, hospitals, you know, little small office setting facilities. Everyone needs the support and and to feel loved and just united in general. Yeah. So we'll put it up on the Heroes of Healthcare podcast.com website so people know how to get to the website. But why don't you tell the listeners what is the website and your and how they can kind of follow you on social or where are you yeah. guys? So it's bamboostrong.com and that's spelled B-A-M-B-U and strong.com. And, you know, we really want this this movement to keep going forward. We had a stall for a second, and that's how the whole Mrs. Georgia thing got started. But we feel that, you know, for every dollar, there's two bracelets to go to providers. And and that's, you know, we pay for the shipping. We pay for everything. I mean, we bought a printer off Amazon. My husband built a website. Thank goodness he has those skills because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really advocated for me and my idea during this whole process, which is, you know, I, I feel that we are in this together for a reason, being a nurse and a teacher in the year 2020, trying to make a difference. If anybody knows there's a difference to be made, it's us. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So tell me about approximately how many have you have gone out and how are the requests still coming in, even with the second wave and a surge? And how's the movement been going? It's been going great. You know, we'll have a couple of days where we won't get a message and then we'll have a couple of days where we get, you know, 10, 20 messages. But the great thing is, is that 
some of my sister queens from other states have reached out and I've reached out to them and said, hey, I want to provide to any facility that's important to you. I want to donate to you to spread this word. And they really use their social media to spread the word, which is really awesome in this. Yeah. So we're going to have the listeners all saying, my sister Queens, what is that? So let's, let's jump into that a little bit. Yeah. So there was, a, so there was a lull in your process with bamboo a little bit. And uh-huh. so let share with the listeners that, that story and, and how you're now into something you probably didn't think you would be into 12 months ago. Yeah. I never thought that this would be in my life right now. <laughs> So yeah, we had a period where we were kind of stagnant and I, and I was just bound and determined to keep this going. And I happened to be on Facebook one day and a Mrs. Georgia competition kind of popped up on my Facebook. And I, I thought, wow, Mrs. I didn't even know Mrs. existed. I thought after you got married, it was over. It. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, well, what if I could go and tell this story? And just go in there and be myself. So I, I gave them a call and they said, you know, you've got two weeks, but we'll take your application because of the COVID situation and everything. But if you think you can pull it together. And like I said earlier, I did. I Amazon primed my, my shoes and my swimsuit and everything and kind of threw it together. Went out there, told my story and I watched some YouTube videos to try to learn how to strut my stuff. And um, I winged it. But I think in the interview, they could really tell that I was authentic and I meant what I was trying to do. And I was trying to further this. And more than a platform, I really felt like I had a purpose. And I think that shined through. Yeah, you, so, can't yeah, hide, you can't hide passion. Yeah, you can't. You really can't. And so I thought that that might, if I could come home with, you know, whether I placed or or won, if I could come home and say, hey, Mrs. Georgia is doing this, maybe it could open some eyes. And, you know, now we say sister queens. Well, that's all the other states that are being represented in the national pageant coming up. So how many other women misses were in the pageant that you and then you again, obviously, for the listeners, you emerged the winner. So this is very interesting. And I had to become educated on all this because I've had people that have said, oh, we didn't know you did pageants. And I'm like, I didn't know I did pageants either. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there was I think there was about 12 or 13 contestants, which is a little bit less than normal because of the whole Corona situation. Sure. Yeah. So there was about 12 or 13 contestants and we had to do swimsuits which was 25% of the score interview, which was 50% of the score and then evening gown that was 25% of the score. And then we had an onstage question as well. So, yeah, so that was very interesting and eye opening to me. It's all a new world to me, Mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, this is a wonderful way for women to, you know, have platforms and purposes and have a voice And so that is, I I really feel that this has really empowered us from a standpoint of pushing bamboo forward. And hopefully we can gain momentum and we can go up there and do well on this national competition. So, yeah. So now you have, now you have sister Queens. Now everybody knows what sister Queens are. And that's great that they're getting behind you too, and supporting you through the social media and trying to continue to push this along. So let's stay on the pageant story. So what's next? So you've won the state. I assume there's the the national thing. And tell us a little bit more about that. And when is that? And how does that work? 
Yeah, so the national pageant is at the end of March. We were going to go at the end of January, but because of the situation with coronavirus and everything, they felt that it's safer to go and go ahead and do that in March, give us a little bit more time to prepare and if they have to take more precautions. But yeah, so that's going to be in Vegas. And they prepared us to be, you know, they've said, hey, record this, record that, practice this and practice that for some telecasting. So they're planning on having it on TV. And if not, for some reason, it'll be live streamed online so that you can watch online but it's an eight-day competition wow so yes so i will get there around march the 20th and then i'll leave around the 29th and are all 50 states represented all 50 states are represented we have an interview which is 50 percent of our score we also have a costume which we do an entrance in the costume and then which that's not really part of the score it's more for entertainment Okay. And then the swimwear competition and the onstage evening gown with the question. So, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a big event. You know, there's a lot that goes into this. And I didn't really know kind of what I was getting into, but it's, it is such a blessing to be involved in this. But there is, you know, every night there's dinners that we have to wear gowns to and practices that you have to be in certain attire and appearances. It's a lot and of work. A lot of work that goes into this. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's exciting. You know, I feel that I have a voice and I'm ready to share it. So. Well, something tells me, Kristen, you haven't lived your life as an underachiever. No, I, <laughs> that's the thing. The thing is, is that I feel that my personality is if I'm challenged, I do better. Mm-hmm. And that's and I'll share a story with you. When I was a cheerleader in college at Ole Miss, I was dropped 20 feet on the basketball gym court. Oof. And I delayed the basketball game, the Alabama Ole Miss basketball game on national TV. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but tryouts for varsity was they were in about a month, month and a half from then. And I fell, I broke my arm, my wrist, my, I had fractured a couple of vertebrae in my back, my coccyx, my tailbone, everything. Wow. Um, and I became resilient. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go for varsity this year because I want to travel the country and see these stadiums. And I'm going to go for a 4.0 because I couldn't write with my right hand. So I recorded all of my lectures and all of my courses. And I went and I did. I made varsity and I had a 4.0. So I feel like, you know what, if it's a challenge, let's bring it on. Let's do better. Let's go bigger. So that's just kind of how that's my personality. That's who I am. That's who Kristen Roberts is. That's how you're wired. That's great. I love that. Yeah, no, it's amazing how from adversity, so many good things can happen. And not only your story about, you know, what happened at the university, which I'm sure was really tough to deal with at the time, but we're seeing it here and with, with the pandemic that there's you know, out of the adversity, a lot of people are rallying and some great causes are coming out of it and so on. And obviously, we're all going to be rooting for you now as yeah. we get into the, the national competition in Las Vegas. Let's just talk about as we're kind of coming around here. Talk to us about the numbers. How many bracelets have come out? How have the numbers been going? And what can we do to help continue to help you get the word out? Yeah, so our goal is, and I set a goal a while back um, when I started all this, way before I knew I was going to be doing Mrs. Georgia. But our goal is to get 10,000 out. And I think if we can get 10,000 out, then the word will start to spread. And we are at 5,000 right now. 
Wow. So we're at 5,000 bracelets. And like I said, for every dollar, there's two bracelets that go to providers. My husband and I, we're going to do a huge donation. I told him, I said, for Christmas, I really want to take care of Northeast Georgia, the hospital that I used to be employed at. And we're going to go on Wednesday before Christmas and deliver a thousand bracelets. And that's from us. That's awesome. Um, Because I just... I feel that, you know, now more than ever, it's the season, it's it's giving, and this is what we stand for, and this is so important to us. So I would just ask that people just really, you know, if you can get the word out on your social media, reach out to me. We're at Bamboo Strong on Instagram, and then also, like I said, BambooStrong.com, and then my Instagram is Mrs. Georgia American 2020. So, yeah, I mean... There is the word to be spread. We can do this. We can gain momentum if we're all in this together. And what what a better way, you know, I, I really feel that this year is historical and we need these providers to feel remembered. And yeah. all this may pass. We have a vaccine coming out. But more than anything, I feel that it's important for us to remember everything that they went through in a frontline situation. Well, that's why here at the podcast, we love your story because that's very aligned with us too. And that's why we started the podcast was to be able to recognize those unsung heroes, those people on the front lines who are putting their lives at risk for the care of other people. And, it's and you about- know, the, the thing is, is that we get these letters. I get these handwritten letters and messages on Instagram and Facebook of these nurses that feel so frustrated and just down and they just look down at their bracelet and a lot of them are wearing them on their lanyards or keychains or whatever, but they'll look down and they just said, I, you know, I just feel that I'm not alone when I see this. And it's just so special to me. I mean, I've read letters that have brought me to tears because they feel empowered and they feel supported. And that was my ultimate goal. That was my ultimate goal in all of this. No, that's great. And that was going to be my next question was, you know, what are some of the stories you're hearing and what are some of the feedback? But it sounds like that's what you're sharing is that as they're feeling tired and worn out or feeling like they just can't go any further, they feel the support from the bracelets and feel like, you know. And I think I think the thing is, is it's not just a gift, you know, that we're giving them. It's something that symbolizes something. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of thought that went into this. And with myself being in a frontline situation and putting myself out there and the anxiety and the uncertainty I was feeling I asked myself, what would make me feel important and special? And that's how I came up with this. So yeah, and Bamboo was born. (laughs) That's great. Well, we're thrilled to have you on here and are so excited about what you've got going here with Bamboo. Obviously, we hope that the Mrs. Georgia and the Mrs. USA competition serves as a platform for you to just sing louder about these people and what it is. And I'm sure part of the reason why you won was, as you said, the passion of your story came out. And that was a big part of what they saw in what you were doing. As we kind of wrap up here, and I'll get the social media thing, you know, sites and things. And again, as I said, we'll put this on our website. So as people hear the podcast, if they want to get more information about Bamboo Strong, we'll make those links available on our website so they can get to you and, and get to the website and stuff. But if there's any kind of last thoughts or last words you just want to kind of share with the audience and, and what they hear or call to arms for them, I'd love to allow you to share that with them as well. 
Yeah, I put a quote on the Bamboo website and, you know, rain or shine, we're going to persevere through this time. And I want each and every one of them to always be remembered and feel united and resilient. And, you know, if anything, we're going to come out stronger through this experience that we've all had together. And I know that so many people have been through so many detrimental situations, but just always know that we're sailing in this storm. We're in different ships, but we're all in this together. And at the end of the day, we are united and we are strong. And I support every single one of you. Great. And so the last thing, Kristen, as as you know, and for those who listen to the podcast know, I kind of finish each episode with the question, which is, who is your hero? So growing up or currently... When you think back to who is the hero that jumps out at you the most in your life? So I have a past hero and I have several present heroes. My past hero would have to be the nurse, the critical care nurse that trained me in the ICU, Sam Richardson. Wow. He was, he's an Emory flight nurse. He's over the ECMO program at Kennestone Hospital and He went from a janitorial kind of maintenance position in a hospital to becoming a lead of their ECMO program and instructing so many critical care nurses and being one of the number one flight nurses in Atlanta. And if you can go and really achieve at that level and you're that passionate from walking in a hospital as a maintenance guy to really wanting to take care of patients on that level. That to me, he trained me. And yeah, he he will always shine bright in my heart. So he's my first hero. And the second hero would have to be my husband. I would not be where I am today without him. He has been so supportive in this process. Matter of fact, right now he's in the living room making bracelets. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening real time. He watches football games, making bracelets. He set up our website. He finds facilities that need these bracelets, that need support. He's, you know, ordered a printer off Amazon, packaging everything up for me as I work continuously. He's, you know, he's just... It's been so supportive. He's my hero in all of this. But one last thing I want to say is that in the world of pageantry, there has always been sponsorship. And this year, there hasn't been the sponsorship because of the COVID situation. Mm. So when I first shared my story that I would be doing this, the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists and a group of CRNAs, which is a 30,000 member group, put my story out there. And whether it's been a dollar or $2 or whatever to really push me forward this year in this process, they are the ones that are literally my sponsors to uplift them, which I think is an absolutely incredible. I'm trying to give them a voice. Yeah. They're giving me the voice and right. they're pushing me forward. So, All of the frontliners and the ones that are out there that are pushing me forward to represent them in this competition, you are my number ones, and I'm going to do my best to represent you on that stage in March. Uh, That's awesome. What great support, right? That's got to make you feel loved. Yes, and it does. It's very meaningful. That's great. So, Kristen, share with the listeners where you see this going. Where do you want to take this? What other visionary things do you have going? I'm sure someone like you, you still got some ideas up your sleeve. So I really want to the ultimate goal in this. I would it would be my dream is to develop a 501c3 as a nonprofit for healthcare providers to have resources. I think right now in this year we have really shined a light on a situation that always exists. 
And whether it's the ER nurse that has to deal with the child that comes in and dies in her arms from a car wreck and has to go back to work the next day. I feel that providers need resources, education. That's something that we don't get in school. Mm -hmm. And I would love to take this forward and really create something that provides that for us. So that is my ultimate goal in all of this. And I've also got something up my sleeve. I've written a children's book in regards to 2020. And so that's being illustrated right now. And I'm really excited about it. But that is where we're going with this whole movement. I just want everyone to be remembered. And that's my ultimate goal. Well, that's that's amazing. Love your heart. Do we have the title to the book yet? Or are we just going to hold are we going to hold that? The title is A Hero Without a Cape. Hero Without a Cape. That's great. That's great. Well, listen, it's been my pleasure having you on here. We're so grateful of your time between work, two children, Bamboo. I know. Mrs. Georgia. (laughs) And I'm sure a whole host of other things you've got going on. We appreciate you carving out a little time to tell us your story. We're excited for you. We're going to continue to, as I said, root for you. And we just thank you for being a part of our show. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.